Horseman Today radio show. I'm your host. My name is John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired Baltimore police sergeant. In most episodes of the Law Enforcement Today radio show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about issues that affect law enforcement officers, both active and retired, their families, friends, and supporters. We'll also be discussing incidents in the news from the perspective of those in law enforcement. Visit our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Search for Law Enforcement Today. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed Veterans and First Responders Treatment Program offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. When you have a chance, be sure to go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and download our free mobile app. We have a version for your Android and iPhone devices. It's 100% free. Get it at lawenforcementtoday.com. Got a rare treat today joining me in the studio, a guest. I know you're used to having most of our guests, the vast majority, call in from areas around the United States, which, by the way, you can do if you want to be a guest on Law Enforcement Today's show. doesn't matter where you are. We can accommodate you from anywhere. Just contact me. Send an email to j at lawenforcementtoday.com or go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com or go to our Facebook page and send us a message and uh, we'll be sure to arrange it. But this is one of those occasions I have a guest in the studio joining me, Joey Rafferty, retired sergeant from uh, Pennsylvania, uh, deputy sergeant and his service dog. By the way, we're big fans of this dog. Loki. Loki. Uh, and of course, I have a couple friends in the studio that are monitoring me to keep me on my best behavior. I think Joey gets a pass. Uh, me, <laughs> you, you never quite know. Joey, thanks for coming in. I know you just got off the plane not that long ago from Philadelphia. That's correct. I got off the plane this morning. I'd be there at 4 a.m. and <laughs> got off the plane here at 9. So it's a long day. And we're going to talk about, uh, <clears throat> I, I think these are stories that Law Enforcement Today really likes to highlight. Uh, one of the things you and I talked about is that there's so much inspiration in the stories that many of our first responders and our military have gone through, and they've experienced horrible, horrific things. And those old saying, some gave all, all gave some, and all of us walked away impacted to some degree or another. And some of us experienced extreme calamity, extreme misfortune, or misfortune, I should say, and the inspiration, I think, is that we survive these things and, and we find a way to turn our lives around. And that's where I think the inspiration is for everybody. I, I agree with you. I mean, there's certain times where I would look back at when I was drinking and I would be drinking, drinking right after work. But I'd go to work and I'd be a functioning alcoholic, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then at some point it got out of hand. And I went down to transformations. I got help. They gave me the tool set. 
I had a lapse after like 79 days, went out with buddies. And then um, I'm clean. I've been clean. And um, But the underlying issue was is once I got out of there, transformations identified that I should probably go to a mental health facility. I worked on my alcohol, but I didn't work on my mental health. Right. And that's when they diagnosed me with PTSD. And they don't even know how long I was walking around with it. So many people I've met over the years walk around with some degree of that or another. And uh, many folks will do really, really well and find a way to function. And of course, self-medicating with alcohol is a big, big thing. It's also a big part of the triad I've read about police suicides and law enforcement suicides, PTSD, depression, substance abuse, marital problems, and the other one, marital problems and or problems at work getting disciplinary action. A lot of times those factors wind up in suicides. Well, you know, and, and it's weird that you say that because I could identify if you had a problem. But I couldn't identify that I had a problem. Brother, you're preaching to the choir because we, we're all that's the, that's law enforcement. Oh, it, and it's you know you're hiding the beer cans, yeah, and you know you're putting them in the trash, and then you're putting on trash on top of it. You're you're doing all these triggers. Like it's more aggravating to maybe not drink and have to go through all these rituals. You're avoiding everybody. I avoided like going into headquarters. I would get my papers and go do my things. And well, God forbid someone find out the secret. Yeah. It's such a prevalent problem. Back in the, the 80s when I was in the Baltimore Police Department, when I went through what they call critical incidents now, we didn't have that terminology back then. It was just, you know, when stuff really hit the fan, the, the way we dealt with it, the commander would say, hey, go have a few beers after work. Go out with the guys and drink. And that's what we did. That's how you handled. That's how you decompressed. Um, one of my military friends, <clears throat> she told me a story. And... um. It was a story about a soldier that was stuck in a hole. And it's basically referencing someone with PTSD. So she says this story, I'm stuck in the, I'm stuck in the hole. And my sergeant walks by and he says, here's your shovel, get out of the hole. And then a corporal walks by and he says, I'm still stuck. So he throws her a bucket. She's still stuck. Priest walks by, prays with her for an hour, and she's still stuck. Then a psychologist walks by and she's still stuck in the hole. He gives her a load of pills that they're only a week long. She ain't going to go back to it because she's still stuck. And um, she said someone like you and I who've been there jumped in the hole with her. Mm-hmm. And she had said, how about that story? That's pretty bad. Yeah. And that, that person <laughs> winds up showing you how to get out. That's that's the thing. And when you refer to transformations, we're talking about Transformation Treatment Center. That's uh, correct. It is in Delray Beach, Florida. It's only a few moments from where we are right now. And it is a, a facility that has an excellent reputation in the industry. Excuse me. Because not everyone does. And we've all seen the news reports. This is one of those facilities that has ethics, has standards, and provides high quality, high level of care for anybody who's suffering from substance abuse problems and other co-occurring mental health issues. I learned that from Tim, that, that phrase. But they, one of the things that sets them apart that I'm really excited about is they have a segment, uh, a section for first responders, law enforcement officers, and veterans that the therapists are combat veterans and also law enforcement officers and it's away from the general population. Now, I hate that term because it sounds like prison, but it's, it's a separate entity. So when you have people that feel they're really different and their issues are different, 
they're going to be amongst people who understand and have been in that foxhole. Correct. know how to get out of it. And not only that, but you're more apt and apt to, to speak freely because everybody else is in the hell you're in. And when I was down there, it was fantastic. They, um, I didn't want to have fun. I was going down there to get fixed. That's what I was doing. I was set. I'm an alcoholic. I got, I got to get fixed. So I walked in and uh, one of the counselors said, uh, take off your sergeant's hat because you're not here to, to fix something. We're here to get you help. So, how long did that process take to take the hat off? A, a, a lot, because I was <laughs> I'm, I was cooking for the other kids. I was, uh, you know, look, my roommate. I'm like, do you want bread? Do you want toast with this? You know, and so uh, he's like, you're here to get yourself help. And I said, I'm not here to have fun, because they were going to the beach, and they were going bowling, and they were going kayaking, and I I would say no to all of them until finally one of the counselors said why aren't you going? I said, I'm not here to have fun. He's like, no, we're showing you how to do things without alcohol. You got to learn how to have fun without when, that. For so many people, it's uh, the terms used progressive that uh, while they may start off drinking abnormally, it creeps up on them slowly over a period of time. And the, the beast at the end doesn't look familiar to the beast in the beginning that over a period of time, you're not able to do anything that doesn't involve alcohol. And There's no recreation your, whatsoever. And it becomes your norm. Everything's revolved around that. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the store. All right, I got to set my beer up for when I get back. You know, and it becomes like it's in your head. I fought with that. And the thing when I came home, um, life doesn't stop. It doesn't stop when you're in there getting treatment. There's no yield sign. You're just getting right on the highway. And they gave me the tools. And I did relapse. And I got the tool set. Okay, here's the beer and here's the barbecue. They don't go together. Right. So I had that common skill set to fall back on. And uh, I considered coming back down to Florida. I really did. I was giving myself a week. And if I didn't have the skill set now, then I won't. So I, I, went, I go to a mental health facility and I run groups and stuff like that. And I talk to people about that. You know, so many things are affected with alcoholism, especially in law enforcement. Sure. Um, I was charged with DUI. I could have easily said, you don't have any blood. You have no urine. You have no breath. I was a disabled vehicle on the side of the road, but I was a cop. It wasn't the thin blue line. I was getting charged, and I went down to Florida to get help on my own. They didn't send me. So when I got back, it's so weird, the mystique. I got back and I went to court. And now I know the judge. I've been there 27 years. And uh, he said, uh, you're going to jail. He goes, I'm going to give you time served for the time you spent in Florida, but you're going to jail. And you're going to jail for six days. No one gets a six days in jail for a first-time DUI. No. So he threw the book at me, and it was a rough six days. But my lawyer had said, I want to get you house arrest. I said, no, I don't want house arrest. Just send me to jail. He's like, why? I said, because I'll end up drinking for five days straight. That's what I'll do because I'll be well with me. And I, I didn't want that. I, I did the crime. I'll do the time. If you want to throw the book at me, fine. So, so be it. I'm glad but, you said that. We're going to take a short break. We are talking with uh, Joey Rafferty, retired sheriff's sergeant from Bucks County, Pennsylvania. Going to take a short break. You listen to Law Enforcement Today. We'll be right back. 
Public safety professionals are regular people that heroically rush forward. Despite the fire or the storm, despite the worst of society and the undeserved contempt, they rush in to save, to protect, to hold our nation together. For more than 50 years, Gauls has stood with our troops stationed abroad and with our nation's first responders who serve us here at home every day. Gauls, proud to serve America's public safety professionals. Visit Gauls.com today. We all know that law enforcement, first responders, and military have dangerous jobs. They see and experience traumas that most can't even imagine. And all too often, that takes a toll leading to substance abuse, PTSD, and co-occurring mental health disorders. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to helping protect those who protect. Call 888-991-9725 online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program, offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the dedicated and highly specialized treatment they need at Transformations. Their program features first responders and veterans therapists helping first responders and veterans. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at transformationstreatment.center. This is Globekeeper, the all-new platform revolutionizing law enforcement and security management. Globekeeper provides you and your team the ability to coordinate like never before using officers' personal smartphones. Globekeeper provides real-time situational awareness, interagency collaboration, plus security and compliance. Safety is priority number one. Manage officers, vehicles, GPS trackers, and cameras in one place. Share location, video, audio, pictures, and text between unlimited team members, command centers, and agencies. Globekeeper utilizes military-grade encryption. Lives are on the line. Can you afford to not have Globekeeper on your side? Get more details about Globekeeper online at globekeeper.com. Listen, my life changed because someone was there to get me to use drugs. No one can understand. People think that having someone who will listen makes it better. I need help. I'm listening. I need help. I think that having someone who will listen makes it better. People understand. No one can get me to use drugs. My life changed because someone was there to listen. Go to heretolisten.com for tips and tools to turn addiction around. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Back to the conversation with Joey Rafferty. Good Irish name, by the way. (laughs) I think we have a lot in common. Um, He's retired sheriff sergeant from Bucks County, Pennsylvania. You were saying, Joey, that you use the term, describe yourself as alcoholic, that it spiraled out of control. You wound up getting arrested. You went to Transformations Treatment Center in Delray Beach, Florida, got sober, went back home, had a brief relapse, started treating mental health issues, PTSD, went to court. The judge says, I'm throwing a book at you. Which, by the way, does happen quite often with law enforcement. People have the idea, the mindset that, that police get away with everything. There's a different standard 
we're uh, held to a totally different standard than the rest of society. I couldn't agree with you more, and that's basically what the judge was saying. You, you, you are held to a higher standard. You should have known better. And I get that you would rather do six days in jail than spend time at home. Well, here's the other thing, too, and you don't notice it when you're going through it. But when you get charged with a DUI, there's court costs involved. So there's $2,000 there. There's attorney fees. That's $5,000 there. There's court classes that you have to do. You're on probation for six months. That's cost money. You got to pay the cost of uh, prosecution. That costs money. And then you get to a point where my salary is $65,000 a year. I just screwed up for having a $15.99 30-pack of natural light. Right. For that amount of money, I screwed up my life. Yeah. And my license is still suspended for 18 months. One of the things you said that really resonates is when the judge said you, you of all people should know better. Did that thought go through your mind? I knew better. How did this happen? How did I let this happen? Uh, when he said that, no, because I already had the skill sets when I came back from Florida. So prior to that. Yeah. Prior to that, I didn't have it. But yeah, I, I, it was a big wake up call for me. I hid. People that are alcoholics hide, but also people with PTSD hide too. Big time. And like, I, I, I know several people with PTSD and they, it, it's a shame because I can tell they ghost. We call it ghosting. They won't answer a text. They won't answer a phone call. They won't do anything until you go to their house and knock on the door. And even then you're not getting an answer. They hide. And a lot of that I think is fear of how I'm going to respond to things, triggers, things that get my fight or flight going. That It's not so much other, being fearful of other people. It's fearful of how I'm going to respond. Well, it's funny you should say that because I call it the three Fs. Fight, flight, and freeze. Because mm-hmm. oftentimes we freeze. We don't know what to do. When you're pretty much ostracized from your department, no one really talks to you anymore. You're, you're essentially a cancer because you're an alcoholic and you know, uh, I, I'm not going to hang out with you anymore. I'm not going to talk to you anymore. You know, you get put in that pickle. So not only did I lose my job, I, I lost a lot of friends. Right. All from a 1599 case of natural life. And that happens all the time. Many officers in my career in Baltimore lost their jobs, long-standing careers where they were highly decorated, were exemplary officers that had booze. We always, the saying was, the three things that get you in trouble and fired are booze, snooze, and the other one was for chasing women. Right. was another term we use. But it never failed. You'd have someone who was outstanding for long periods of time. Then all of a sudden, boom, an alcohol-related incident. Then boom, another one. And they're spiraling out of control. But back then, they didn't seem to do anything about it. They just like, let him, let him ruin his career. And, you know, it's a shame that you say it's exactly what it is. Everybody turns the other way. You know, no one tried to catch me when I fell. They're like, Phew, we don't want anything to do with you now. You know, we don't want to be associated with you. And they that's all not said, that long ago for you, was it? No, it's two years ago. Two years ago, August 13th. I know of agencies that are very proactive when they see an officer having problems with um, alcohol, substance abuse, PTSD. They're proactive. They talk to them. We called it rubber gunning them. They, they suspend their police powers for a while, try to get them some help, see if they can rehabilitate their career. And a lot of them are able to do it to some degree or another. But they save lives doing it. Then there are agencies that go, you brought extreme shame upon our department agency and we want nothing to do with you. Well, I don't think, I, I honestly don't think they're proactive with it. And I really think that, you know, that 
and I was telling the transformation staff that I really feel that they should be more proactive with going to these police departments to catch them before they fall, yeah. identifying a potential risk of, a, of an employee. Because I had hid. I didn't go. I would go in an early morning, you know, hoping I didn't smell like booze. I'd go in, hurry up, do my paperwork, and get out of there and go hit the street and avoid everybody. And that was real, pretty much the last six months of my career. That's when I became a heavy drinker. I was a um, SWAT negotiator. I was a sergeant in the warrant squad, warrant squad. I was a sergeant in charge of civil division. I was uh, internal affairs. I was on a major incident response team. I was um, operations liaison, third in command. That along with being a single dad with four kids. My wife and I had split up. She's obviously not that much of a peach, you know, so that didn't make it better. But all those are triggers. Yes. And they're triggers that you can fall into that hole. And if you don't catch it and you're not having any support, you know, I had two buddies that um, they used to be really good friends with me. And that, but they had help. I never had help. I didn't have like my parents coming over making dinner for me and the kids or I, I had to work overtime to make more money because you know there's so all that you know plus you know the five titles i held it it gets to you and you just shut down and you're not an isolated incident that that is far more prevalent than people think we'd like to think that there's the you know the house a white picket fence the, the husband and wife and everybody's good but in law enforcement and all all segments of population is not that way but in law enforcement there's no different you, mm-hmm. it, but add into that a lot of stress and pressure and crazy hours and juggling the demands of being a single father and being a, a full-time law enforcement officer. I don't envy you. I don't know how you did it. Well, it's, it's funny you say that because it's um, several times. Um, a couple of the guys came up to me. It was right after the incident. And they weren't really sure if they were going to charge me. Yet. The DA said they're not going to charge me. And then they said they are going to charge me. They didn't know what they were doing. Because I think it became a political issue. Sure. So, well, I put myself in that position. Some of them said, we're surprised that you haven't killed yourself a long time ago with everything that you have on your plate. But I just motored away. And I think with PTSD, and I was also diagnosed with bipolar too. I don't know how long I was running around with that. So now that I'm getting the mental health training and I got the alcohol addiction training, I'm putting the pieces of the puzzle back together. So when Tim contacted me to come down and speak to you and and uh, speak at some of the meetings, I was I, I jumped at the stand. If I can catch one guy before they fall and just one person, then I did my job. It's about saving lives. And right now, listening, there are law enforcement officers, spouses, family members that go, that's my dad, that's my mom, or that's my partner that's doing this. And I don't know what to do or say. And I don't know, and I'm afraid. And we're going to talk about that when we come back. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to Law Enforcement Today with our guest, Joey Rafferty, retired sheriff's sergeant from Bucks County, Pennsylvania. And we'll be back in just a few moments. Don't go anywhere. This is Globekeeper, the all-new platform revolutionizing law enforcement and security management. Globekeeper provides you and your team the ability to coordinate like never before using officers' personal smartphones. 
Globekeeper provides real-time situational awareness, interagency collaboration, plus security and compliance. Safety is priority number one. Manage officers, vehicles, GPS trackers, and cameras in one place. Share location, video, audio, pictures, and text between unlimited team members, command centers, and agencies. Globekeeper utilizes military-grade encryption. Lives are on the line. Can you afford to not have Globekeeper on your side? Get more details about Globekeeper online at globekeeper.com. Public safety professionals are regular people that heroically rush forward. Despite the fire or the storm, despite the worst of society and the undeserved contempt, they rush in to save, to protect, to hold our nation together. For more than 50 years, Galls has stood with our troops stationed abroad and with our nation's first responders who serve us here at home every day. Galls, proud to serve America's public safety professionals. Visit Galls.com today. Welcome back to the Law Enforcement Today Show. I'm John J. Wiley, and joined by, in the studio, which is very rare, Joey Rafferty, retired Sheriff's Sergeant, Bucks County, Pennsylvania, and uh, we're talking about recovery from alcoholism. We're talking about recovery from post-traumatic stress disorder, and, and now you just mentioned a few moments ago, bipolar. That's a lot. That's, that's a full plate. Those three things right there. And it's, it's, it's very difficult because as a law enforcement officer, you want to fix the problem. Right. I don't know if there is a fix. You know, and I'll go to my therapist and she'll say, well, why don't we just take baby steps? I want to fix it. And then I even made a joke about it because I said, why can't I be bipolar one? Why do I got to be bipolar two? You know? Like you had a choice in yeah. the matter. <laughs> well, I, I can't even be good at bipolar? Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> but that doesn't make... <laughs> what you go through easier knowing that so let's paraphrase i really don't want to spend a lot of time on the details uh, of what landed here here it was catastrophic you got in trouble you got arrested huge negative impact on your life huge negative impact on your your law enforcement career but fortunately you had your time in so you could retire what prompted you to say I'm going to go find a treatment center that has a specialty program that helps law enforcement people. How, how did you make that leap in your mind? I knew I had a problem. I wasn't charged yet. They didn't charge me. They were going back and forth. They just didn't know what to do with me. They originally wrote it up as a disabled vehicle. Uh, there was beer cans in the car, something like that. I forget what I, I was on the front page of the paper every day. Why I was gone. My dad used to call me at night and say, hey, you're beating out Trump on the front page today. So, you need to make a joke about it. But, it's, mm-hmm. uh, but that day, I said, I, I got to get help. I wasn't being charged. I thought I could still save my job. And when I came back, if I got help. Because I love my job. Oh, I did too. You know, I, I miss it. You know, the long story short about it is I know I needed help. And I wanted to. I wanted to take the initiative. I wasn't waiting for someone to help me. I wanted to go get help. There was a lot of people that applauded me because it wasn't court ordered. I went down on my own. Got on a plane for like the first time in my life and I don't really like flying. 
I'm sure that wasn't like a, a vacation flight either. You no. must have been like sweating profusely. Yeah. And What's I, happening? Where and, am I going? And all I wanted was a drink. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was going down and getting help. So I, I couldn't drink, you know? I think the staff at Transformation will tell you that more than a few people have gotten loaded on the plane on the way down. The I, last hurrah, so to speak. I found out from a lot of people that they, um, when I was down there, <laughs> that a lot of people were like, it's our last hurrah. I'm going to get so liquored up on this plane this is going to be the last no one's ever seen before i've created an international incident on (laughs) spirit airlines jet blue or southwest (laughs) so you get down here but the i guess the question i'm getting at is you you recognize you needed help how did you pinpoint and say transformations treatment center in delray beach is where i'm going i was told there was two facilities that i could go to i could go to florida or i could go to california I said, give me the give me the numbers. I went to see that I went to see what they, what they were all about. I talked to the, one of the staff members at the hospital. Um, they recommended it. I wanted to get out of Pennsylvania. I didn't want to be around anybody. I wanted to go do my own thing, and that's get fixed. So I decided Florida it was. I'm getting out of here. I don't want anybody near me. I don't want any visitors. I don't want. I want to work with me. Um, I had no responsibility with the kids. The first time we went to the supermarket, they said, you're going to public. I didn't know what it was. I'm licking my eyebrows. I thought I was going out into the public. They're like, no, you're going food shopping. And I, I had the opportunity to food shop with four kids. Yeah. I'm just food shopping for myself now. I took like three hours in there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's those, it's those things teaching you how to do things sober. And that's, that was a big thing for me. I didn't realize what they were doing. Oh yeah, I'll go kayaking. I'll go to the beach. You know, like and I'm, do what? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna go kayaking, and I'm not having beer. And then what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you were gonna barbecue. It's and like not the have most a beer? baffling question in the world. <laughs> you know which one I've heard so often over the years? Which one? What do I say at a barbecue? People ask me, "What do you want to drink?" Oh, I'm just d- floored by that question. <laughs> and they found out diet. Pepsi and tea is a totally perfect (laughs) response. Well, you know, I went back and um, my son, when I came back, uh, my son lives with me, my oldest. His other three siblings live with his mother. So it was hard on them. So when I came back, I said, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry for everything. I even apologized to my ex-wife. Most of all, I apologized to my oldest because he was affected the most because he lives with me and he goes to school 23 miles away from where she lives. So yeah. when I left, she tried to get custody of him and signed him up in a different school district. So I, essentially, I screwed him. I ended up calling calling him from, from uh, Transformations, and I said to him, I'm going to call the school, and I'm going to have you signed up. I'll be back in two weeks. And he said, okay. He goes, um, you doing good? I said, yeah. How embarrassing is that to have to admit so we went to school. The day I got off the plane, I took them, picked them up and took them to um, the guidance office. And the guidance office says, okay, let's pick your courses. And she says, you, you weren't here for like two weeks. You were down at Pensbury. Is there anything significant in your life? And he goes, no. I said, ma'am, I said, no disrespect, but I said, yeah. He had a very significant thing to happen in his life. I said, his dad's an alcoholic. She says, who's his dad? I go, I am. She goes, oh, but it's, if you can admit it, 
it helps you do more recovery because people hide from it. Oh, mm-hmm. I could, I don't need to drink. I'm just having one every night though. Right. You know, and and that's, I think that's the mystique about it. And that's how you get, I think that's really how you get dug in a deeper hole because, you know, I was like, it's only natural light. It's like water anyway. Well, it's, the term is denial. It's used all the time. And uh, it, I didn't like that, that clinical term. I'm still not real fond of it now, but it's just, if, if there is another form of dishonesty that's more pervasive than saying when it's obvious, and most of us have said during our period of drinking that I think I drink too much. The only people who ever ask themselves that question are people who drink too much. People who don't have a problem with alcohol never have that thought enter their mind. It just doesn't happen. Then there's this mechanism, this self-survival thing that says, oh, I do it because of stress. I do it because of, it's always someone else's fault. Well, I noticed what my drinking, and I'm sure some of the folks that are listening right now do the same thing. It's, you, you develop a pattern. And so it's not only, you're not even having fun drinking. You, you're just, okay, well, it's Have 9 a.m. On a, on a day off. I can drink. I'm not doing anything. I'm not going anywhere. And so it becomes a habit. Like you wake up and you have breakfast in the morning. That's a habit. You get coffee. That's a habit. Mm-hmm. This is one that's non-healthy habit. But you're right. They, uh, they justify it. And that day of my incident, that night, I looked at myself in a mirror and I said, what are you doing to yourself? So I had already identified in my head that I had a problem, but I just didn't do anything about it and it was too late. So often with first responders, we see the worst in society. We see people at their worst all the time. We deal daily with people with drug and alcohol problems. And and it's very easy to say, well, I'm not as bad as that guy. That guy's got a real problem. Me, I just drink a little bit too much. And it's very easy to justify and rationalize that kind of behavior away. We are talking with retired Sheriff Sergeant Joey Rafferty from Bucks County, Pennsylvania, we have talked about his arrest. We're talking about how he got into recovery. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about what life has been like after beginning his recovery process. You're listening to Law Enforcement Today. We'll be right back. This is Globekeeper, the all-new platform revolutionizing law enforcement and security management. Globekeeper provides you and your team the ability to coordinate like never before using officers' personal smartphones. Globekeeper provides real-time situational awareness, interagency collaboration, plus security and compliance. Safety is priority number one. Manage officers, vehicles, GPS trackers, and cameras in one place. Share location, video, audio, pictures, and text between unlimited team members, command centers, and agencies. Globekeeper utilizes military-grade encryption. Lives are on the line. Can you afford to not have Globekeeper on your side? Get more details about Globekeeper online at globekeeper.com. Epidemic, America's public health crisis. These are all terms that describe the current problem of drug and alcohol abuse in the United States. Countless lives are lost and heartbroken families are too many to count. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to saving lives. Call 888-991-9725 
and online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has many acclaimed treatment programs offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. And online at transformationstreatment.center. Back to the studios with Joy Rafferty. I'm John J. Wiley. Uh, We've talked about your arrest. And I I don't want to minimize that. I'm not trying to skate over it, but it's so easy to fall into a pattern of behavior and say, well, I've never been locked up, so I'm not like that guy. So that's why I don't want to give it a lot of emphasis. But You you definitely go and you... I was more rough on myself. I admitted it. I, I, I said I knew I had a problem. And I even admitted it in open court as well. And they were my own men that were going to lock me up when the judge sentenced me to jail. That's a horrible thing for them to have to go through. They're sergeant. I've had to take disciplinary action that involved police losing their jobs and my career, and I hated every moment of it. They brought it on themselves, but I I hated being that predicament. And so part of me has some sympathy for the officers who have to do that. They were very respective towards me. Good. They, 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 They didn't even want to lock me up. They no, were like, hey, no, I, I can't even everybody want to. They're like, hey, Sarge, you know, how, how you doing? How you holding up? Um, you know, going into the booking station of your own police department and getting your, your mug shot is the worst feeling of your life. Um, Brother, I can tell you, I can't even imagine that. Nor do I want to. I, I was very grateful that they did it in an off time where there wasn't public there. You know, it's a booking photo. It is what it is, you know. But so I wouldn't have to deal with media and stuff like that. And because the media was everywhere. I was on the front page. And even dealing with it afterwards now, I, I do talk to several of my officers that were, I was friends with uh, via Facebook or something like that. And um, they're very like, yeah, you got hosed. And I'm like, I, I, I did it to myself, though. I was an alcoholic. I was drinking every day. And I said, and I still tell everybody I'm an alcoholic because you don't just stop. It doesn't go away. I could tell you right now, if you put 50 beers in front of me, I'd drink them all, you know, because you just fall back into that pattern again. And, and the insanity of the actions afterwards where people are literally drunk out of their mind, they'll do things that go, why would they get in a patrol car? Right. Well, obviously, they're in a blackout. Yeah. They wouldn't do that under normal conditions. Yeah. And so, I mean, dealing with it afterwards now is, you know, I lost a job. I had to retire. Um, I was diagnosed with the P- you know PTSD now, so getting a job is very difficult. The other thing is um, I can't drive. Eighteen months, eighteen months. Um, I had got my license back September eighth. You take away someone's. I mean, essentially, that was an eighteen month sentence because mm-hmm. I moved from the six days that I spent in jail to my four walls in my living room, and I have to have my son, how pathetic, take me to the supermarket. You know, I have to have friends come and pick me up to take me places because I'll be damned if I'm going to get behind a wheel again. Yeah. Because then I'm looking at 90 days. I'm glad to hear that. that, That's got to be a bitter pill to swallow. Oh, it is. It's horrible. Like my mom will come up every Sunday and ask me what what I need. 
and she's getting older now, but she, we call it Sunday fun day. We go to the supermarket. I bust on everybody there. You know, the women walking with the babies. I ask them what aisle they're in. She's like, can you just not go out with me anymore? She's like, you wouldn't try to annoy everybody. What a trip with a bomb if you can't embarrass them? <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's her birthday every Sunday. We go to like Fridays and it's her birthday. And then the next week we go to Applebee's and it's her birthday. <laughs> We're getting a lot of free cake you know out of this. funny, Joe? You, you just brought up something that there was a time in my life that... Oh, I couldn't imagine not being involved in a party, not being at a bar. Every every vacation took involved drinking and being at a bar. And then when I got confronted with not drinking anymore, it was like, well, what do you do to have fun? So you go into Fridays and the supermarket, that doesn't sound like a party. Right, but right. You know what? The funny thing is, at some point in my life, when I was a young man, it was. And it can be again. Well, and here's what I, I, I always have a positive outlook in life. You know, I lost everything and, and I'm getting it back slowly. But now I find myself just doing like, you know, I'm stuck in the house. I got to wait on people. My sleep patterns suck. With PTSD, you sleep two hours on demand at night and then you're up, um, which is why I have the service dog, right. Loki. But I started doing funny things. Like I called the My Pillow guy because the My Pillow commercial is always on late at night. Uh, late at night, so I call him up. <laughs> I, I said, "You're harassing me." And then the next time I call, I said, "Hey, listen, um, do you guys uh, sell a discounted half pillow? Because my son's head's the size of Beetlejuice, and they're hanging up on me." <laughs> like, <laughs> but you know, you got to make what life is. I could sit around and drink all day, or I can just be positive and. Try to get through it. I know once I get my independence back, when I get my license, things are going to change for me. So what becomes your your passion, your your driving force now? What do you do? What want, do you wake up for? I want to help others. That's what I want to do now. And that's why I was really excited that Tim contacted me. And I'm looking forward to going. I think I'll be in Atlantic City for a convention in October sometime to go speak to them. Just coming down here and speaking to fellow brothers and sisters that are going to be there tomorrow night. That's going to be fun because you get some camaraderie there. Yeah. You know, we're all stuck in the hole. Yeah. And you might bounce an idea off me that that helps you not trigger. Right. You know, like, hey, I, listen, I stay away from calling my mom and that seems to work or something. You know what I mean? Well, you know I what I avoid? <laughs> Body cam videos and dash cam videos of yeah. violent police stuff. When, it, when it's television and it's make-believe, I'm okay with it. When it's real deal, it, it fires everything up. Yeah, I, I started watching this live PD. I don't think I could watch that. I'll I, be honest with you. I'd be like sweating bullets and scussing at the well, television. And, here, and here's the, the, the problem with this is my friend from Ohio, she can watch that, but she can't watch the SEAL shows. Or not the SEAL, like the... Um, Six. Oh yeah, the military mili uh, special operations. Yeah, shows. Special. yeah, yeah. She can't watch them, but I can watch them. I can't watch. <laughs> I have a difficult time watching football. I watch it like this when there's a knee injury or any kind of joint. I, I cover my eyes. It, years of seeing, and I, my wife has gotten used to this, but years of seeing so much bloodshed and trauma and people just being physically devastated. I have no desire to see it at all. Yeah. Well, I. I'm an Eagles fan, so I had really good football season last year. Yeah, yeah you did have it going for once. Yeah, yeah. We'll hey, see what happens after well, next we year. We always had a saying. Well, we all cried at the end. Yeah, yeah. 
but um, we always had the saying, not in my lifetime. Well, and now we could say once in our lifetime. You know, I, I grew up a, a Redskins fan and I'm a Ravens fan for a small time in Baltimore. And I'm very grateful and very happy for the people of Philadelphia that their Eagles won the championship because it was it was almost a chip on their shoulder for so many decades. And they'd always had contending teams and bitter rivalries with the Redskins growing up watching that. So I'm glad you got that. But you managed to celebrate the Super Bowl without getting all liquored up. <laughs> Correct. Who would have thought that? Yeah, right. I don't think I ever watched football until after transformations without a beer in my it hand. It took a while for me to learn how to watch football again and paint the wall, mow the yard, uh, have a romantic meal. Without a glass of wine. Date? Oh, oh, my goodness. Let's talk our last few minutes about Transformations Treatment Center and your time there. What do you think is special about them and, and their treatment for you and others like you? Well, I mean, you go to clinical every day, and you have different groups that you can attend. Like, um, there's a military group and a first responder group, and they all meet together. And then you could go into life skills and building life skills. Uh, so many different counselors in that building. Uh, we used to have morning meditation, but they took that away. Did you get in trouble during meditation? No. Well, yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to speak out of school here. I used to get in trouble for falling asleep during meditation. And I say, you're doing it wrong. Well, how am I doing it wrong if I'm finally sleeping? <laughs> that, that makes no sense to me. Yeah, so they afford you the opportunity to communicate. They also afford you the opportunity to get the help you need. If you need to stay after, they're going to work with you. You know, they give you homework. You know, what are you going to do? Um, my counselor, that was, they have one particular, uh, particular counselor that's assigned to you and your group. He wanted me to write about my life. But he was trying to identify, which is, I think, where, why I was transferred to Lenape up in, in Bucks County. He was trying to identify that I'm a void. I avoid everything. I avoid everything. So, was it the drinking? Was it the PTSD? What is it? So, we really worked on that, and that's what transformation does. They give you, they give you skill sets. When you're walking out the door, you know, you know like I told you, I relapsed. I, you know, I had a good, good weekend. And then I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't do that. You know, you have a skill set. And it seemed like it was going to be hard, but it wasn't. And I considered going back to transformations to get help again. But I really uh, leaned on AA. I leaned on Lenape, and I got myself out of that foxhole. Because you got to understand, I can't drive. So going to AA is very difficult. How am I going to get there? My lawnmower? Well, you can't ride that on the highway. No. <laughs> so, They'll lock you up for that, too. Yeah. yeah. But and I, put, I put that other police department in a position. And I also put myself in a position. And I put them in that position. So if I go and I drive now and I get pulled over, sayonara, we're not cutting you any break. You shouldn't have been driving. We're so, going to have to cut you off. We're running out of time here, Joe. Okay. What we're going to do is when you get back home and you have free time, we're going to schedule another interview via the phone. Okay. Because I know getting you to Florida is not easy to do. 
because there's so many other things to talk about. You know, one of the things I'm going to close on this is that they say the average life expectancy for men in America is like 78 now. For American police, it's 58. And a lot of it's due to alcohol abuse, stress, PTSD, depression, poor eating habits, all the things that we've talked about here that end these lives prematurely. Uh, We can talk about embarrassment, things that are disappoint us that, that end our career, but really what this is about is saving lives. So if you know someone struggling, uh, whether it be in law enforcement, a first responder, military, and or someone else, have them contact Transformations Treatment Center. They are online at transformationstreatment.center. If you want to be a guest on the show or you know someone who'd be a great guest, we'd love to hear from them and we'd accommodate them from anywhere. It doesn't matter where they are. We can also send uh, message via Facebook. We're all over this thing called the World Wide Web, Instagram, and all that stuff too. Yeah. So just contact us. The easiest way is go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, the contact us tab. Send an email to me, j at lawenforcementtoday.com. On behalf of everyone associated with law enforcement today, I'm John J. Wiley. Till next time, see ya. Boomer.